The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. News Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. Today, I am your host. I am your host, all the time, actually. <laughs> I'm Nolan Guthrie. And I'm really excited to be back in studio with you today. Uh, particularly excited because we're going to be, I'm actually going to be out for the next couple of weeks after today because next week we have Frisbee Fest coming up. So in one week from today, uh, our 29th annual Frisbee Fest will be happening at Ann Morrison Park. It is a super fun day. It's a really fun event. All the proceeds that uh, come in from the Frisbee Fest all go to the Humane Society. They have a lot of folks there. They're selling uh, concessions and they get all those proceeds as well. So it's a lot of fun. Your dog gets to be a star and I'm excited to be back at Frisbee Fest. Um, you know, we missed it last year because of obvious reasons and, uh, I'm really glad we'll be able to bring it back again this year. So if you uh, want to be a part of that, you can still do that. You can sign up, sign your dog up at any Zamzos uh, now through, I mean, really up until, you know, but when it gets to Friday, it's probably worth to just, you can sign up at the event. So don't worry about it. If you, if you miss it, you can still come on Saturday and, and still sign up. We've had people that just came to watch the event They've watched the event and then they signed up while they were there, and you know they just brought their dog to see it and then ended up participating in the event afterwards. So uh, you can sign up at any time uh, before it's going on or even while it's going on. So be sure to do that. But if you sign up now, you can get your frisbee early, so you can start practicing and getting ready for it. It is a really fun day, and uh, it's just it's just a blast. Really fun for the kids. So I, my kids uh, always come out to it and. Uh, uh, really have a fun time because there's just so many dogs and they're just there's just doing so many fun things and the music's good and, and it's a, just a fun atmosphere so definitely check that out next Saturday at Ann Morrison Park here in Boise uh, it starts at 11 a.m. and uh, goes till we're done usually takes a couple hours to get through all the dogs it always depends on how many dogs sign up that year um, but usually it's a it's a it's a couple hours usually so um, I think we're usually done by around one o'clock, but, uh, you know, it, it can always go faster. It's always tough to say, but so be there at 11. If you do register, you want to be there early so you can get registered and, and get your spot in line and, and start practicing. So keep an eye out for that. So I will be gone next Saturday. I will be pr helping out with the, uh, Frisbee Fest. I got a lot of stuff to do, uh, to help us get ready for that. And then the following Saturday, I believe we're getting, uh, there's going to be a Boise 
State game. I think that's the Oklahoma State game. So we'll be preempted for that. So you'll get to listen to your Boise State Broncos this, the following Saturday. Uh, and uh, I will be off. So I will be out for a few weeks. So I'd love to talk to you. It's going to be a few weeks till I'll get a chance to. So please give me a call. 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Those phone lines are open and there's a lot of stuff going on this time of year in the lawn and garden. We had some rain yesterday, which I'll tell you what, I thoroughly enjoyed. I think as uh, people know, I'm uh, a Portland, Oregon native. And so my, my feet become wet. Once it uh, starts raining, uh, I, I go back to my roots. It makes me feel like uh, I, where I grew up, and and I love the rain. So uh, it was, and it's re- it was really good for the valley. I think just to get that extra moisture, and and it looks like the temperatures are cooling off some over the next uh, ten days or so, which is really nice. I think we all need a break from that heat. Feels like summer lasted for an eternity this year, but it's starting to cool down and, and there's a lot of stuff. It's starting to feel like fall, which is great. Fall is my favorite time of year. And, uh, there's a lot of things we can start doing or, or keep doing in the lawn and garden right now. And, uh, real quick. Also, we still have trees and shrubs are still on sale. So if you're looking to do some planting, if you've wanted to get some trees and shrubs, uh, filled into your landscape, you can do that at uh, any of the stores that still have plants. I know selection is going to be a little bit more limited, now, but the trees and shrubs are 40% off. So it's a screaming deal. And fall is the best time to plant those trees and shrubs. It's way, way less stress on the plants in transplants. So they'll actually have a much better chance of uh, establishing and, and coming back next year and looking great for you. So check that out. I know the Chin In store still has a lot of stuff available. And uh, there's a lot of fall things in particular coming in. And uh, we'll get into this here in a minute, but uh, just as a little teaser, garlic is in. So if you've been waiting for garlic, you want to plant some garlic this year, I'll tell you what, it is great, it's fun, and it's very easy. So we'll get into that here in a minute. It looks like we got a phone call from Clayton in Emmett. Clayton, how's it going? How can we help you? Hey, good. Thank you, guys. Listen, I'll set the scene for you. Uh, I'm on the big canal bank out here, and 30 years ago I planted 200 ponderosa pines, so they've established themselves. And we put a retaining wall along here. I'm cleaning out the uh, one side of the retaining wall where there's dirt, and I want to plant California poppy. Maybe I should call it uh, Garden Valley poppy, but (laughs) it's California poppy. I'm looking for a little advice. Okay, uh, so one one thing, if you can do this for me, Clayton, real quick, if you can turn down your radio or maybe step into the other room because I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing the the show kind of going on behind us, um, and we yeah. So if you just take a step a little bit further away or, or turn that down for just a sec. So um, poppies are really easy to get established. Um, cleaning out, you know, getting the area prepared. What I would probably do is, if you can, get some sort of compost or organic material. Uh, and spread that out. You don't need a lot, just a little bit, um, you know, a thin layer over wherever you want to plant them. And uh, the seeds you should be able to find. I, um, I'm not sure what exactly we have available in the stores right now. I'd have to I'd have to look at that up to see what kind of if we have a large co- uh, selection of poppies. Um, available right now, but once you get the nice thing about those is once you get them started, they're they're going to take off. They're going to fill in an area and, and really 
uh, you won't have to do too much for them after that. You know, out there, you also get a lot of those big asters, those big sunflowers. So you might even consider mixing some of those in. They seem to do really well out kind of in that area as well. And uh, you might even be able to, you know, do it pretty simply by just uh, getting some, gathering some of the flowers that are uh, spent uh, in your area and just kind of transplanting them over there. And I think you'd be really happy with the way that looked with some poppies and some of those sunflowers in there. Um, okay. Good idea. Listen, listen uh, is this a good time of year to do it? Yes, it is a great time of year to do it. Yeah, especially right now in the fall, getting them out there, you're going to get, uh, you know, as we get a little bit closer to some cooler weather, you shouldn't have to do a lot of water. Your biggest thing uh, for getting seed out right now is going to be uh, stopping birds from eating them. If you can get some water on them, that's that's great. If you if you can't, just try to make sure you get them incorporated into that organic material so that they are covered and your birds don't come in and eat them. But they they will okay. definitely uh, they probably won't do a whole lot right now. But those seeds should last through the uh, the winter and come back in uh, next spring and look fantastic. Okay, great. Now, uh, grass clippings is that good enough? organic uh no i wouldn't i, I wouldn't use too much organic grass clippings i would prefer some sort of like if you can get like a manure based compost the thing with grass clippings is that they're going to be decomposing uh and and it's gonna make a lot of heat and it's gonna uh it's just not gonna do quite as much if you do if you do some grass clippings just make sure it's real thin but try to get some of that other uh you know manure or uh, you know, even okay. something that's been mulched down a little bit further. I got how how deep do I want to get the seeds in? Uh, just about uh, really like a quarter of an inch, half an inch, half an inch is plenty. They don't need a lot. You just and you don't want to go too deep. Uh, you just want them to okay. be lightly incorporated. Okay, great. If I sprinkle humigreen over them after I plant, is that? better than compost or would you recommend not um human green is great it will do a ton of stuff for like the the nutrients and the water holding capacity it's not going to be the okay. best cover so it won't really protect it that much from the birds but it will oh, do I, a lot of yeah. other things okay i expect to get a quarter of an inch or so of soil over them yeah uh now i i can with my sprinkling system i can reach where I'm planting these, should I keep the ground moist uh, as long as I got my sprinklers running? Yeah, you know, it's not going to be as big a deal this time of year because those poppies aren't going to really, you don't really want them to come up right now, right? You, we're, we're, you're kind of up against that window where they would have to almost come up and go to flower and then reproduce before we okay, get to that I, first frost. So really what you're going to do is protect them, give them everything they need so that we can get into winter and then they'll persist yeah, okay. through the winter and come up in the spring. Okay, super. I just want to keep them protected with quarter yeah. inch of soil right. whatever over them. Okay, yep. I think I found out everything I need to know, guys. Thanks so much. Fantastic. For show. Good luck with that, Clayton. Fred, stay on the line. We're going to come right back here in the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we will talk to Fred on the other side. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and whether you're new to the area or have lived here all your life, you want a healthy green lawn that's safe and worry-free for your family and pets. Well, that's what I wanted too when I formulated Zamzo's lawn food in the 1970s. You see, back then, Zamzo's was a major dealer for a large name brand national fertilizer company. 
until we realized what it was doing to people's lawns. It was killing the microbes and burning up the carbon. So I set out to develop a lawn food that wouldn't do that. One designed for our high desert, high pH Treasure Valley soils. The result was Zamzo's Lawn Food, which is still the best and most effective lawn food on the market today, bar none. If you've never used Zamzo's Lawn Food, I'd like to invite you to try a bag on your lawn right now. You don't have to join our lawn program. You can buy it one bag at a time at any Zamzo's. If you're not 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. This is Jim Zamzo, third generation owner of Zamzo's, and you have my word on it. Thank you. The Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on 670-KBOI. All right, we are back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. If you'd like to be a part of the show, I would love to talk to you. I'm going to be off for the next two weeks, so uh, now's a good time to get in and ask those questions. Do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBR. We have Fred from Boise on the line who's been waiting patiently. Fred, how can I help you today? Yeah, I have a rose bush and I have another bush that are just growing like weeds. I was wondering if it's too early to cut them back for the winter. Uh, no, it's not too early to cut them back. Not, not at all. Um, now, one thing you want to remember with pruning now is now is not when you're typically going to do like your heavy pruning. Uh, you want to do uh, more of a, I would call it more of a cleanup or kind of thinning prune. Uh, you don't you don't want to take too much off right now. Now, obviously, if something's like just growing out of control, um, you might need to take some more back just to get it kind of back into shape. But uh, but typically, you're not doing a huge or like really heavy prune right now. But it's absolutely not too early at all. Now, actually, I would say if you've got the time, now's the best time to do it. Yeah, I, I'm well. I'm probably not going to do it myself because one of them's too high. <laughs> sure. I, I'm not going to climb up on a ladder to do it. I don't blame you. <laughs> anyway, the rose bush I could do myself, but you know what? The thing was, it would cut it back quite a bit, like two or three feet. Mm. Well, and that's not, I mean, it, it, it kind of depends on how, how tall is the rose bush. It's pretty tall. Yeah. If it's pretty tall, you know, the, generally your rule of thumb right around now is kind of like 10%. So. Um, you know, you want to try to stick to that. You can always go, you know, a little bit heavier if you need to, but, um, you can certainly, but you can certainly do it. Now, one thing you don't want to do is try to go too far, uh, to the point where you can create suckers. But, um, but yeah, mainly this time of year, typically what I recommend is, is mostly your, your deadheading. So you're removing spent flowers, uh, and cleaning it up is essentially what you're doing. So yeah, if you got to take off a little bit more, that's what you got to do. So. Basically, what I'm thinking about doing is just maybe going to that Zambia's and buying some wire and putting around it and let it grow. It's a beautiful. I love the roses. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You mean to like wire to like bind bind it up or something? Give it something to to uh, to hold on to. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably do like a, a trellis or something like that. You could certainly do something like that. I done. I got some wire fencing I put on behind it here last spring, and that seems to be helping some. Yeah. When, when I try to mow the lawn, there's kind of a pain. <laughs> sure. But you know, I'll tell you what. It, it's. I'm thinking about doing that because I, I got a neighbor that trims. He does that for a business. He he wants to trim it back to where it's 
rounded, I guess. Yeah, it's, it depends on the, the variety of rows, and, and it, it, yeah, that can always be, it's always tough to know for sure. Um, uh, you know, typically, if it's a, a shrub, you, you can bring it back down to a kind of that round, sh- if it's like a shrub rose, like a knockout or something like that. If it's more of like a, something like a, t- a tea or a floribunda, those typically don't grow into really a roundish shape. It's, it's, it's not, it's a straight, it's in a line, it's not... It's not a round. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. What the bush I was talking about is. Yeah. It's one, but it's got got reddish colored leaves on it. Hmm. Yeah. That one. Um. You could have like a sand cherry or maybe even a a dogwood there. Those you can actually prune pretty pretty heavily. Even even uh cutting those down quite a bit. So I wouldn't be as worried about that one. Um, the main thing with the roses is doing too much pruning as you can create opportunities for suckers to take in, and that just makes it a lot harder. See what I'll do. I'll cut a piece, cut a piece of that red one off and just take it into Zam's house and ask the guy. What yeah, it is. absolutely. Yeah, then they can take a look and make sure they know which one it is, or even snap a picture of it. You can even send that to Zamzos at Zamzos.com, and I can take a look at it for you, and maybe I can figure it out. I can just I don't live very far from the Zandell store, so All right, I don't great. All right. Thanks for the call, Fred. Appreciate it. Good luck with that project. Uh, pruning is definitely something we should probably get into here before too long. Looks like we got another phone call from Lisa in Meridian. Lisa, how's it going? How can I help you? Great, thank you. Um okay, so I'm new to blueberries and raspberries. And I just have a couple questions before winter comes. Yeah. Um my raspberries came fruiting. They were already fruiting, and they seem to still be happy in the ground where I put them. Do I need to feed them or do anything special to them before it gets cold? Uh, so do, do you have these in the ground, or are they in pots? They're like in the a, ground. They're in the ground. Okay. So you don't, need to, you don't actually need to feed your berries um, this time of year. Um, okay. you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, your feeding is typically going to be in spring, and as they start flowering, that's when you're going to want to fruit, uh, feed those guys. Um, okay. Now, as far as care in the in the winter, because it's a newer berry, you're probably not going to have to do a whole lot. But typically, what you want to do is your cane berries are going to produce for about three years. So year one, they're not going to do very much. Year two and three, they're going to produce pretty well. And then year three, you're going to cut out that old cane and let a new one come in. So you kind of have a three-year cycle on those berries. So as they grow... You're going to just try to, you know, you can remember it. And, and, and really with uh, one thing, if you really want to kind of really uh, contain it and keep it productive, you're going to keep it to about five to six canes off of that one one uh, be- uh, rootstock. I sh- it would probably be the best way to say that. Um, but, yeah, keep it about five, six canes. And then after anything aside from that, prune out. You're not going to need it because all it's doing is just pushing that energy around to further things. You're not going to get more berries. You're just going to get the same amount of berries. They're just going to be smaller. So if you keep the, the plant oh. maintained, you're going to get the same amount of berries, but you're going to get larger berries, and they're going to be more, you know, more productive and just healthier, and it will be easier for you to manage as well. Okay, so then those aren't sending out volunteers and giving you new plants. It's actually the same stock that's just spreading out. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And that, that rootstock okay. will get larger, and you will get you might get some new canes in different spots, and that's totally fine. 
Um, okay. Then you just want to maintain the, that new one as its own kind of new entity, if that's what you want. If you don't want it, if it's too much or it's getting into something you want, then you can just you know kind of root prune it and take it out. Okay. Okay, and now for the blueberries, I haven't put them in the ground yet because my soil isn't acidic enough. Yeah. But it's just at like one and a half points, like too low. And I didn't want to do like a bag of like stuff that's kind of chemically. Can I use anything like pine clippings, evergreen clippings? Um, Like is any of that stuff at acidity or am I totally going the wrong way? Um, they, They can tend to be... So pine clippings by themselves tend to be... It's this is kind of a tough subject. <laughs> um, let me th- let me let me gather myself and, and figure out how to answer this question. So a lot of times, if you've got a, a pine tree, you know you've got some of these plants. They'll drop a lot of those needles, and and they tend to kind of produce some acidity, not really enough to where it's going to do a whole lot. What you would want to do is take those 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 uh, needles and those things and start a mulch pile with them. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be adding a lot of other stuff to that mulch pile. And that will give you a relatively neutral soil or uh, mulch to use. Now, using sulfur is just an element. And so that's really where you can kind of play with the, um, the acidity of the soil. Um, and it, 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 it seems a little chemically, but it is actually just a true element. So you can use it very safely. I mean, obviously you want to be careful with it. You don't want to eat it or anything. (laughs) Um, but using, and you only use a small amount of it, so you don't need that much. Now, one thing I would say, I think a lot of people, um, you don't have to worry about the pH a ton. I think a lot of people kind of get hung up on it, uh, because they do tend to like a, a more acidic pH, but I wouldn't really stress about it. Like I want to just take that off of you. (laughs) Don't think you have to have the perfect pH to get them in the ground or for them to be productive because pH is always going to buffer. So even if you do all of these things, we've still got our rainwater and our regular soil and all that stuff. And it's always going to try, it's going to tend to go back to what the soil around them is. So even if you can get it down to a point, it's going to go back up to what the rest of the soil is. So it's not something that you're ever going to fix. It's something you kind of maintain. So just check it, you know, once or twice a year, give it a little bit of sulfur. That's going to help lower that pH or use your mulch. If you've kind of worked that in, that's going to lower it just enough. Really, you're going to get that, uh, your productivity through your fertilization and like something like thrive, getting good organic material in there, and then just having the berry in a good location. And that's probably the biggest thing that we have a hard time with here is that they don't like to have tons of Idaho sun. So they need to be shaded usually in the afternoon at the hottest part of the day. They really want to be in shade and then amending your soil with good organic material so you don't have too much water sticking around because you'll get root rot really easily. And in that shade in the afternoon are probably your biggest obstacles. I would say don't stress as much about the pH, focus on those other things. And then you can kind of work with the pH once the plant's established. And then you'll, you'll, you'll see a lot more productivity further down the road. Okay. And so are the raspberries the same? They want the afternoon shade? Uh, raspberries, raspberries are going to be less picky about it. They're okay if you're in more sun. 
Um, they probably would like a little bit of shade in the hottest part of the year, but remember, it's not uncommon for them to kind of burn out. They do typically will, they have a flush of bloom depending on the variety. It's usually through May, June into July-ish, but typically that's when they're going to bloom and then they're going to kind of go into survival mode through the summer. And you don't really want berries in the hottest part of the year. You want to keep watering them so that they stay hydrated. Uh, but they're they're not going to really be productive in the hottest part of the year. And then you might see a, a small flush of berries later on as we get into fall. But typically they're going to have that one bloom, one big bloom in production, and then they're going to kind of taper off and just kind of try to survive. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. Good luck with that. Uh, berries are always a fun one to do, and I wish you luck with that. Uh, and hopefully you'll have lots of berries and be able to make uh, – Lots of good jam. All right, we'll be back in just a moment here in the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and I'm here with my brother, Joss. And Joss, you're looking kind of low today. Well, I think my neighbor's mad at me. Is this the one with the ash tree that's sick? I thought you told her to go to Zamzo's and get tree and shrub along with Thrive so that the ash tree would survive. But she still hasn't done it, and now she says she's going to wait until next spring. So I told her, if you're going to gamble like that, you're liable to lose your ash. Oh, Joss, you didn't. Well, she will lose her ash if she doesn't treat the boars that are killing it and then feed her tree with Thrive to help it recover. Well, Joss... Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I know, but in the Treasure Valley, lots of trees are susceptible to boars. And if she doesn't treat it now, she's going to lose her... I know, her ash tree. Maybe let me go talk to her. And I'll tell her Zamzo's Tree and Shrub Insect Control protects against chewing, sucking, and boring insects for one full year. Okay, but tell her she also needs to deal with the tree that's next to it. Which one is that? That raggedy old birch. Oh, Joss. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. If you'd like to be a part of the show, I'm going to be out for the next couple weeks, so now is a great time to get in your questions. Do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. And remember, you can always email zamzos at zamzos.com. I, part of my other job is taking care of that, amongst many other things. But uh, I do see all the emails that come into uh, through our website. So if you have those questions, you can always ask them there, and I will answer them. Uh, and you can also reach out on Facebook or Instagram, or uh, sometimes I check our Twitter feed uh, for questions. Not not often, but uh, Facebook's better. And I can answer those questions there because it's the other part of my job, so I watch for those things. We do have a phone call from Rick, who's been waiting patiently. Rick, how can I help you today? Yeah, this is a uh, late question here that I have. Um, our apple tree did not produce this year. Mm. Would, is that, uh, would that be normal for the area here, or it just didn't produce, and we have good apples every year? Huh, interesting. So so this is an established tree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it didn't. So did it flower? Uh, no. no. It didn't we flower? Didn't have, well, I got that... Um, Stuff you used to go ahead and spray the trees before it, uh, uh, anything uh, uh, bugs get into it. And I don't know if that might have what caused it. I maybe should have waited before mm. when the uh, was. I don't know. That might have been it. So, yeah. So you sprayed that before it flowered. Right. 
Okay. If you sprayed it, yeah, as long as you sprayed before it's flowered, um, was it? did it already have leaves out, or did you do it when it was still in dormancy? Um, oh, no, it had, it had the leaves. It, it had leaves. It had not flowered. Do you remember what you used? Um, what, what, I can't say what Zamzo's recommended as far as on their um, yeah. preventive spray. They just hook up to the, uh, to the hose and spray it. Yeah, so there's a couple of different things you'd kind of use around that time of year. If it wasn't in, in it, but it was for insects to keep the worms right. out. You said, yeah. And so I, I never really bothered with it that, and uh, that's why I'm wondering if that might have been the cause. Yeah, uh-huh. it's that time of year. You, usually, we'd only recommend something like a, a dormant oil, which shouldn't have any effect on it, especially if it was before flowering. Do you remember? Recall if there was a, a frost or anything? Around nope. that time of year, didn't didn't notice we a have frost. Another, another apple tree that had like, um, you know, two two apples, three apples on it, mm. and, uh, and that that's been it's been growing. So it's uh, it's established, but it's just still it was a small tree. Just newer, yeah. Hmm. yeah. And I had it. Uh, we had it uh, kind of wrapped with uh, um, um, you know, protect it from the deer. You know, the, oh, the gotcha. Yeah. Um, did you prune it at all? Yeah. Okay. But that's another thing. I wonder if I might have over pruned. Yeah. It. I'm wondering if I'm. I'm thinking maybe you might have because apples have to have. They're going to bloom on um, the last year's growth. So if you pruned it back too much, you might have pruned past where they were setting would have been setting blooms this year. Um, yeah, but that wouldn't be all the. All of them. Yeah, yeah, and it might. Yeah, so it could have been a combination of the pruning and maybe the 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 spray was uh, not quite the right time. So typically, so just what? So this year you shouldn't have to prune very much. So I would take take you know uh, take a step back on the pruning. Maybe let it go this year. Um, Your spray regimen should go. Should this is what you want to do for a spray regimen? You're going to spray something long before it ever even buds out. So you're going to use a copper spray if you're going to do something. You're going to use a copper spray before anything is even started. And then you can use the uh, about two to three weeks after that, you can use an uh, a spray oil. But you're going to use that just as the buds are beginning to swell, uh, but before they've, bro- they've broken. So you're going to do, they call that bud swell. You can spray then. Once you get any kind of leaf starting to break, that's, that's when they're going to start flowering. Um, so you want to stop. You don't want to do any flowering between bud break and then petal fall. That's the time where the blooms are going to be on there and the bees are going to be on. So don't spray anything, even if you're, you know, if you, even if you're a little late, because the the worms aren't going to get in there right away. Once you have petal fall, that's when fruit is set, and that's when you can start spraying for the bugs. So you might have been just a little early on doing that bug spray. You're going to spray a little bit later, but I would hold off on any pruning this year. Um, you can do a dormant spray of copper here once the leaves have fallen, if you want to do something like that. But it doesn't sound like you've had any issues with disease so i would probably just kind of let it go maybe feed it with some thrive right now and then uh and and just kind of go back to the basics and and see what happens next year question two on the thrive like you say when you go ahead and use that for the uh for the trees i use it like in my uh some of the plants i mix up and uh, i can just kind of pour it out of the container yeah you have to how much? How do I do it on the trees? So I just uh, so you're going to use 
Yeah, so you can uh the probably the easiest thing to do um is get one we have the siphon that's available at the stores. That makes it really easy to apply. It just siphons it into the hose. Um I like using that. Or you can you're gonna use one cup of Thrive for every inch of the trunk's diameter. So if you're wanting to do it kind of uh in a, a little bit of uh, an easier application instead of, you know, mixing up a gallon at a time, take your thrive, however many uh, cups of it you need and just try to, the, the real point of the water is to help you spread it evenly. So even if you put more cups per gallon of water, spread it out as evenly as you can in that middle of the drip zone and then flood the area. So it kind of helps the thrive spread out and, and get down into the soil in more places. Um, I have four gallon packs, my backpack, you know, that I can go ahead and wind up, you know, spraying, you know, like done with the grass and stuff like that with the Thrive. Um, so have, you might, you I, might have trouble with it. You, you can do it. Um, what I would, what I would do in that case, if you're going to try Thrive through the backpack sprayer is sometimes it can get kind of, uh, you can get some, uh, uh, particulate or some, you know, kind of chunky bits in there so you might run it through like a cheesecloth or some sort of you know if you have a fine wire strainer or something like that run it through that to grab any of those that kind of uh matter that grows up in there or you know kind of collects in there um just to kind of clear it out and then you can take any of the that that particulate and you can throw it in like the mulch pile or you know do something else with it um but that'll kind of thin it out not really thin it out but it'll just get that stuff out of there and then it should go through really any sprayer really easily okay one quick other question here if i don't mind uh sure uh tree have um two trees that went ahead and uh started you know t- t- uh, looked like they were dying mm-hmm. right and uh is that be because of just the hot weather we wound up having yeah because the other didn't do it yeah, it's very likely. I mean, this was a tough year for a lot of plants. So I think that Thrive is the best thing you can do right now for them because they're, you know, with the stress of the summer, getting nutrients into the soil is going to be the best thing that you can do to help them recover and get through the winter. Trees are really strong and resilient, and they can deal with a lot of stress. The issue becomes if they have stress but don't get replenished before winter comes, uh, they don't build up enough reserve and they can't make it through a winter, especially if we get, you know, who knows what kind of winter we might have. If it becomes a particularly harsh winter, you're kind of dealing with back-to-back stressors. So Thrive is really the best thing you can do for them right now. Okay. Well, sounds good. Hey, thanks for, thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for the call, Rick. I appreciate it. Good luck with your, your plants there. I hope uh, they recover well. And I wish you many apples next year. We're going to go to a quick break. we got one more segment here of the Zamzo's Garden Show. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670-KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzel, and due to the unprecedented drought we've experienced and some people's irrigation water being shut off early, we've updated our recommendations for applying Zamzel's Humigreen and Zamzel's Lawn Food, which are steps three and four of our Zamzel's Lawn Program. First, if you've not applied Zamzel's Humigreen, it's not too late. In fact, applying Humigreen now will help your lawn stay healthy, especially if your water gets cut back. That's because Zamzel's Humigreen helps lawns retain water in the soil, but Humigreen needs nitrogen in 
in the soil. So applying your Zamzel's lawn food now is not only a good idea, it's necessary for Humagreen to work its magic. For that reason, we're advising everyone to apply their Zamzel's lawn food early while you've still got water. So stop by any of our 13 stores and pick up some Humagreen and Zamzel's lawn food and apply them both. Together, they'll work wonders and help your lawn stay healthy and green no matter what happens the rest of the summer. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings at 5, it's Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and I cannot believe how quickly the show has gone by today. I appreciate all the calls and everybody uh, getting in there. I will be gone for the next couple weeks, so we'll, so we'll have a couple pre-recorded shows. We'll have one pre-recorded show, then you'll get to we'll listen to the Boise State game uh, the week after that. So uh, let's go to Mike, who's been waiting on the line. Mike in Meridian, how's it going? How can I help you today? I'm good. Thanks for taking the call. You bet. Um, I We've got a, a birch tree um, that we got uh, from you guys, um, from Zamzo's, a couple of years ago. Um, we had it in a spot in our yard and decided about two, about a year after we had planted it that it was too close to the fence line. It was going to cause problems, so we mm-hmm. moved it. It seemed to take pretty well that first year. Didn't grow much, but didn't regress, didn't have any you know, browning on the leaves or anything that looked like it was stressed. Yeah. Um, but now this year, um, there's been pretty much no growth on it, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe it's not doing too well. Yeah. So you didn't have, so it didn't leaf out or? It did. Um, it leafed out, but I, um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a fairly new tree to us. I don't know how old it might be in general, uh, yeah. how old it was when he bought it from Zamzo's, but um, this is about our third or fourth year with it. And uh, it just didn't look like it really grew all that much. Okay. Um, and didn't really look like it uh, is, is, is gaining. Okay. So I, that I wouldn't be too worried about that. The main thing is that it leafed out, right? So if it had leaves on it and it and it did went through a normal year, even if it didn't have a lot of growth, that would not surprise me if it was moved, right? So if you um, you know, it, it's planted and it kind of it has some time, it gets established and then it's moved, you're essentially starting from ground one. And that's a that's a stressful transplant for that tree. So I, I would not be, it would not surprise me that it didn't do a whole lot of growing this year. It leafed out, and that's the most important thing. If it didn't leaf out, that would be, by this time of year, it would be, you know, it's time for a new tree, unfortunately. But um, yeah, no, it looks good still. Okay, so then you're in good shape. I wouldn't worry too much. I would say get some Thrive on it this year. Um, if you haven't already, now's a good time to do it. Um, keep an eye on your watering actually. Um, sometimes with, uh, particularly birch trees, they do like a lot of water, but you got to remember a lot of water in a clay soil is different than a lot of water in a well draining soil. So if it's, uh, the soil's kind of clay like, um, and it's getting too much water that can actually be detrimental. So you want to, might want to check that, make sure it's not getting too much water, but also make sure it is getting enough. So doing some excavating a little bit, going out a little ways from it, digging into the soil and actually checking out how saturated that soil is 
could really make a huge difference and you might need to adjust a little bit um, and then get in some thrive on it. And then you might consider doing something like the tree and shrub insect control on it. Now's a good time for that as well. That will just protect it from any aphids and um, they get some different kind of bugs that are kind of particular to them. They get some little midges and uh, a couple little things that can, can be detrimental to their uh, prosperity. So to putting a little bit of getting some of that on there along with that thrive could be really beneficial. And I think you'll probably see uh, a much better uh, growth, uh, what you would typically expect from a birch tree next year. Um, and I think this was kind of like it's recovery year from that transplant. Okay. So typically I do the um, the tree and shrub um, insect repellent in the oh, spring. Good. Should yeah. I change that to the fall for it? Or Fall is the recommended time for it, and I would try to get onto that schedule if you can um, because what happens is a lot of those bugs, they come down into the soil, um, and they'll be kind of close to the base of the tree. So when you're applying it, you're actually applying it to all those bugs that are coming down and overwintering. Um, and in spring, you're applying it um, when they're kind of already on their way up, and some of them might already be out. So I would, yeah, fall is the recommended time. So I would try to get onto a fall application schedule if you can, um, or you can keep it with the spring. Just try to you know go a little bit earlier so that you don't have that overlap. But either one's okay. But like I said, the the product recommends fall as the best time for application. Okay, so. Would it be would it be okay to start that process this year already this fall or should I try to give it some time off and do it next fall first? No, I'd go ahead and do it this fall. It'll be fine. It's not gonna. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna interfere with you know your transplant or anything like that. It's pretty. I, I won't say. I mean, it's kind of like benign, but yeah, it doesn't affect anything uh, detrimental. Okay. So. Then I had uh, um, kind of another question and a half. I've got a similar problem. I'm thinking since you referenced the watering situation, I've got kind of a columnar spruce on the other side of the house and it's been showing kind of some dry brownish looking needles mm. on, uh, on the East facing side of it. Okay. I didn't know maybe if it was just, you know, a hot summer and some stress or if that might also be a watering issue. If you're noticing it on one side, I typically, um, you know, you want to try So trees are always associated. So if you have, Something that's only happening on one side, there's probably something on that side that's causing the issue typically. So it could be, it could have been just stress. If the east, you know, that's when you're going to get the hottest part of the day. And it could be that. Um, watering typically is going to show up at the top. So if you've got a watering issue on an evergreen, that usually shows up at the top, very top part of the tree. Uh, uh, that's where you'll notice it first, usually not on a side of a tree. So I would okay. maybe look at, you know, the side, see if there's any kind of association you can make aside from the sun just to kind of keep an eye on it. If it's growing close to a fence or, you know, a wall or something, that can also have an effect on it. Um, and then just, uh, you know, I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Um, just pay, pay attention to making sure you're not spraying or, you know, being careful about spraying any kind of weed killers around it because, Weed killers manifest in evergreens very oddly in that they tend to grow around, they, they present in a spiral around the tree. So take a step back. Sometimes you can notice that. Um, but if you haven't sprayed anything okay. around it, that makes it really easy. You know, it's just, you know, hard to know. But um, aside from that, I think, you know, the best thing to do is just give it some thrive and, uh, and let it, let it go. Cause thrives, uh, our trees, uh, evergreens in particular, you know, you don't want to be too hasty. Don't try to do too much. Uh, give them some time. Mm -hmm. Usually, you know, they can recover and just pay attention to the soil. 
and you should okay. be in good shape. All right. Thanks All for right. the call, Mike. I am up against it. I appreciate that. Uh, remember, next Saturday is Zamzo's Fundamentals Frisbee Fest is back at Ann Morrison Park at 11 o'clock. I will uh, talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Have a good one. Hi, this is Jim Zamzel, and after taking last year off, Zamzel's Fundamentals Frisbee Fest is back for our 29th year. The event is Saturday, September 18th at 11 a.m. at Ann Morrison Park. And in case you're new to the area, Zamzel's Fundamentals Frisbee Fest is a frisbee catching contest for dogs, sponsored by Zamzel's Fundamentals line of dog food and Fox 9 television. Come watch dogs of all sizes and breeds compete in distance and style for great prizes. The Idaho Humane Society will be there for the 29th year, serving hot dogs and Pepsi for a donation. And Powderhouse Brewing Company will be back serving their popular house brew at the beer garden. To enter your dog, just stop by any of our 13 Zamzos. And each entry receives an official 2021 Frisbee and a t-shirt. So bring your dog. Then we'll see you Saturday, September 18th at 11 a.m. at Ann Morrison Park for the 29th Annual Zamzo's Fundamentals Frisbee Fest, sponsored by Fox 9 Television and your friends right here at Zamzo's.